as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. And here we go. Welcome back, everybody. It's another edition of the Top Pair Podcast. I'm your host. It is Eric Weinstein. And with me, as always, after a two-week hiatus, it is Nick J. Maxwell. Nick, what is up, my dude? I'm very cold. I do not like the cold, but I'm very cold, and I don't like it anymore. For those of us who don't know, Nick is living in Rochester, New York in the wintertime. Um, not exactly staying in a tropical situation right now, but there he is. He's here for us. He's here for me. He's here for the top pair. So I'm mi- powering through for the people. He really is. He's, he's, he's a man of the people. He's the people's champion. I've long said it, and people are finally starting to talk about it, that he's the people's champion. It's long overdue. Um, anywho, uh, we're back after two weeks. Um, we had the Thanksgiving break. We had some stuff going on last week. Um, we're not able to record, but here we are. We're back, and it's going to be a very negative episode of the Top Pair this week. A lot of people lost their jobs. Some deserving, most deserving. Anyway, we'll get to it. Um, but before we do that, got to go through the housekeeping because it's been two weeks. You probably forgot. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Podcast Breaker, Audio Boom. You can find us on the homepage of the A1 Sports Network. That is A1SportsNetwork.com. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at top pair underscore pod as at top pair underscore pod. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Eric Weinstein, two C's, two N's, Nick. Yep. You can find me on Twitter at maxwell01 or on Instagram at Nick J. Maxwell. Alrighty. So let's get started here. Um, we're starting out with one that was pretty much inevitable. Um, the Vancouver Canucks who are just in the midst of... I mean, it's, just, it's not great. They're in the midst of uh, a really tough go. They fired their coach, Travis Green. Um, they fired their GM, Jim Benning. They are out. Um, they hired Bruce Boudreaux pretty quickly um, to a two-year deal. They hired him right out of the NHL Network studio, um, the veteran coach. He is back behind the bench. You always kind of knew he was going to get back behind the bench. Um, he has a head coaching record as I pull that up. Should be easier to find than it is right now. Head coaching record. There it is. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, he is 567, 302, and 115. Um, he last coached the Minnesota Wild. He was fired in the 2019-2020 season. Um, Nick, I didn't expect to see Bruce Boudreaux back behind the bench. And Jim Rutherford was hired today, the former Pittsburgh Penguins boss. He was hired. He signed a three-year deal. So it's a new era up in Vancouver. Nick, got to say, I didn't expect either of these guys to get jobs. Yeah, I mean, we last time we heard about Jim Rutherford, right, it seemed like it was more of a fatigue factor and him kind of just wanting to get out and kind of get away from it all. And there was some speculation about some health issues and stuff like that. So I think it's good. I mean, the way that it sounded today with, with their owner statements, he was very pumped. He gave two thumbs up to... Darren Dreger and a couple of other insiders as he was running in through a meeting. And it sounds like his job is just going to kind of be sort of maturing and, and developing the next GM to kind of take the, the team going forward. I mean, Jim Rutherford is, is more towards probably the end of everything than he, than he is at the beginning. Um, the Boudreaux thing was very weird. I don't mind that you give the guy an interim tag at this point. You know, you have it's very rare that you can find a guy with a 
experienced NHL coaching record and the record that you just read off. I mean, he's one of the best regular season coaches in the league. I mean, say what you want about his playoff teams, but he's won multiple Calder Cups at, or uh, President's Trophies, I believe. Um, he's coached superstars. He's coached teams that are offensive. He's coached teams that are defensive. So there's not too much situations that he's going to be uncomfortable with or unfamiliar with. But it was weird to me that they just gave him a two-year deal right off the stop, right off the hop of everything. Yeah. Especially without a GM in place. So that, that I was kind of like, what? Like, you, you're making a commitment, but not really to him. So maybe they threw in that extra year because he was having contracts with some talks with some other teams. But, I I mean, look, they're two games in, I know, and super small sample size, but they look pretty good. I mean, they look like they have some structure to their game now. Um, they beat Boston and L.A., two teams that are obviously, you know, on the up. So I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this goes. They have a ton of talent on this team that's been really underperforming this year. It looks like Elias Pettersson needs a real hard reset on his season already. But when you have some good leaders in there like Bo Horvat and JT Miller, you're going to have a chance every single night. And I think he loves raving about the goaltender back there in Thatcher Demko, who's having a really under-the-radar type of season. I agree on Demko. I mean, the reason that he's so under the radar is because the numbers don't really jump off the page. I mean, he's 10-11-1 with a 2.73 goals against and a 9.15 save percentage. I mean, those are like, counting numbers, those are average, but the amount of shots he sees a game and how difficult his it's been in front of him, I mean, those are fantastic numbers for what they are. And the Canucks, as bad as it's been, you know, they're 10-15-2, they have 22 points. Um, they're only seven games out of the second wild card. Seven games, seven points out of the second wild card. Nashville's the second cup wild card right now with twenty nine. I mean, it's not insurmountable. I mean, they're going to need some guys to respond to the coaching change and the regime change and kind of get going, like you said, Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser. I mean, Oliver Ekman Larson. That's been a bust of a trade, and there's what six years left on that deal. Um, they don't have enough guys who are going to you know, muck it up in the corners. Like we brought up a couple weeks ago how they, they lost Jay Beagle. They lose, you know, Alex Chase on, they lose, you know, the guys that can, can muck it up and they don't really have that anymore. So it's, it's going to be on the top guys to use their skill. Like they bring in Connor Garland. That's worked. Bo Horvat's been solid. You know, it's just, they've been disappointing. And if they keep losing, I mean, do you, it's possible you could see Jim Rutherford kind of like break up the core here. Maybe move a guy like JT Miller. Move a guy like, I don't know, guys like Pearson. Try to move Tyler Myers. Good luck with that. Um, you know, just try to, you know, make some moves. But, you know, I think this is a step in the right direction. Hiring two, you know, for lack of a better term, grown-ups. Get them in the room. Get them, you know, to kind of insert what they want to do. And these are two guys that have done it before. You know, Jim Rutherford won the Cups with Pittsburgh. You know, Bruce Boudreaux gets teams to the playoffs every year. Um, I like the move. I wasn't expecting Bruce Boudreaux, but I like the move. Yeah, I was fully expecting them to either go to the AHL route or just plant one of their assistant coaches in place. Because, again, when you have, like, when you fire everybody in your cleaning house, you're kind of just saying, all right, let's just try to ride through this wave and take the least amount of use possible. So, uh, good for good for Bruce Boudreaux. I mean, I think he does deserve to be on an NHL bench. I, I really have a hard time saying that there's 32 coaches that are better than him in the NHL. So, and again, for me, I watching the Canucks as much as I have the last few years, 
I am a Travis Green fan. I really hope he does get another shot in the NHL with a veteran club and a more well-rounded roster to really prove what a good quality coach that he is. Um, but I think it's just the best thing for him and the best thing for that team to kind of just start over and, and change the course and do something else. Yeah, he was trending towards lame duck, and you never want to be that. So, you know, good on them to kind of hit the reset button, and he'll get another chance. I'm not too concerned about that. He'll definitely get another chance. Um, now, a guy who might not get another chance. Uh, we're going to shift coasts here. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. They fired their head coach, Elaine Vigneault. It has been, I think they've lost 10 straight now, the Flyers. Um, they're 8-12-4, good for 20 points. They're only three points ahead of the Islanders right now. Um, Elaine Vigneault is out. Mike Yo, Yo is back behind a bench. He is, good. he is the interim coach for the Philadelphia Flyers. Seems like Chuck Fletcher just had enough. You know, the team's been underperforming and... You know, AV, he signed a big ticket. He's still got two and a half years left on his deal. It was a $25 million contract. I mean, to let go of Elaine Vigneault, I, another thing I didn't expect. But considering that the Flyers did not make the playoffs last year, you know, it's been a really rough start to this year. I, I still didn't think they were going to let Vigneault go. I really expected him to at least make it to the end of the season. But um, the Philadelphia Flyers, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I mean, when... When I think you were the one that sent me that notification. I was kind of I had to do the math in my head about how long he's been there because it didn't really seem that long. I think this was year three, right? This was year three. I thought it was year four, but it's year three. Yeah. So I mean, I just think there's just there's just too much talent to be where they are in the standings. I mean, Claude Giroux, obviously, no, he's not the player that he once was, but he's there's still a lot of good in his game. Kevin Hayes, Kate, James Van Riemsdyk, Cam Atkinson, Carter Hart overall off on the back end like they can't be where they are in the standings it's just not acceptable for them so i, I get it in a certain sense um i don't know it just it just seems like there's just been a lot of weird bad juju or whatever you want to call it right because it's like the moves even the moves that they make right like ryan ellis comes over has a good start and then all of a sudden gets hurt and can't get back into the lineup uh kevin hayes game for whatever reason has just gone to absolute hell this year you know Konechny and Gutierrez are struggling to find the back of the net. And for some reason, these guys still can't defend worth anything. And if there was a microcosm for the for the Flyers the last three years, it was definitely the Carter Hart goal where he just banked it off of Matthew Joseph for no reason in the middle of the ice last night. So yeah, that was bad. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you kind of said, though, like I thought he was going to last the end of the year and then they were going to make that switch. But I get why they do it now. I mean, you really can't wait, especially with how – psychotic Philly fans are. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if they probably egged his house. But I mean, okay. I, I, I mean, I'll just say this too. Like, I think there's a solid shot that Elaine Vigneault ends up in Montreal as their next head coach. Oh, God. Oh, you're so I'm right. I'm just saying. You're so right. French. I'm just saying. You're so <laughs> right. Oh, God. Um, But yeah, I mean, going back to what you said, there's all these guys who are underperforming. I mean, Provorov, Keith Yandel's a minus 15. Um, JVR has six points in 24 games. He's a minus eight. You know, Ristolainen, they brought in. They traded a first-round pick to Buffalo for him. He's a minus nine with five points in 22 games. I mean, some of these plus-minus numbers are bad. I mean, even Giroux, minus nine. Couturier, minus six. Konechny, minus seven. Uh, 
the, the minus 15 from Yandel just jumps off the page. Um, Oscar Lindblom, minus 11. It's, it's not good. I mean, they don't defend worth anything. I'm surprised Carter Hart's numbers, like much like Demko, are as good as they are. Um, Martin Jones, I feel like you or I could score on him right now. I mean, you can't even play him. He's been that bad. I mean, it, it, it's not good. And it doesn't seem to be getting any better. And you got to think that the Flyers are, they're kind of in position here to kind of blow this thing up a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, some of these pieces, too, it's like, what what do you do when you're at the end of the trade deadline and like Claude, and teams start calling on Claude Giroux as a UFA? Like, you, you don't think him. there's going to be teams that would want to add that guy to their depth? Um, so they, they got a lot of questions that they need to, that they need to answer too. Are you bringing Ristolainen back up? You just gave up a first round pick to get him. Uh, obviously you're letting Martin Jones rock, but how worried are you? Like, who's the next goalie coach that you're going to hire to help continue to develop Carter Hart? They need to have, have some really hard conversations for themselves the rest of this year and in this off season. It's kind of tough because basically the entire back end besides Provorov, is a UFA at the end of the year. Ristolainen, Braun, Yandel, Connaughton, Connaughton, I never know how to say his name. Uh, Nick Sealer is a UFA. I mean, Ryan Ellis, he's got six years left. He's just on the LTIR, so I didn't see him. Um, And then, out of this forward group, like, you're not really moving anybody. I mean, Kevin Hayes has five years left. You're not moving him anyway, but he's got five years left on his deal with a full no trade. Cam Atkinson has four years left with a modified no trade. I mean, Konechny's got four years. Lawton, five. You know, Farabee's got seven. You're obviously not moving him either. But I don't know who you move and get anything out of this out of this roster other than Claude Giroux. I mean, he's the only guy you can maybe get something for, get some value for as a rental, maybe get a first-round pick back. But, I mean, it's, it's not looking – they're locked into this team for quite a while. Yeah, and – I, I don't think this is really going to be a coaching thing either, right? I don't I don't know. They they to me need to figure out a better situation for their bottom six and their back end on defense. It, to me, it's it's a depth issue. It's not necessarily a coaching issue. Obviously, I think a coaching issue, coaching change will help. It's just good to have new change of voice sometimes and a guy who has a different way of thinking about the game. But um, I don't I don't like if you were going to make me pick between what teams have a better resurgence between Philly and Vancouver, I'm definitely picking Vancouver. Oh yeah, I agree. There's definitely more young talent. There's there's just more talent in general, I think, on Vancouver than on than on the Flyers right now. And I think it's easier to fix Vancouver than it is the Flyers. But I gotta tell you, this seems very Tortorella ish. It I it really I, does. I could see it. I really do. I mean, you wanna talk about a coach that's gonna fix a defense in the way you play <laughs> on that end of the ice, it, that's your freaking guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's him. Um, all right, moving on from the Flyers, where do we go next? Why don't we go north of the border to the Le Habitant de Montreal, the Montreal Canadiens, finally, after what seemed like he'd been on the hot seat forever. Uh, Mark Bergevin has been fired as the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. Nick, so much, there's been so many firings, I don't even remember who they hired. Who's the GM now? Uh, I don't even know. 
off the top of my it's head. It's not listed on Cap Friendly. I don't well, know the internet. I mean, is. it's just it's just Gordon, who's like the president of Jeff Hockey Gordon. Ops, thank you. Yeah, he's the like president. They're like not letting him be the GM because he can't speak French, even though he tried in such adorable fashion during his press conference. I mean, you you can only you can only try, and I mean, Jeff Gordon is a great hockey mind. I forgot that they hired. He kind of got kind of got shafted by Jim Dolan um, with the whole uh, Tom Wilson and the Rangers thing. Um, so he's the president of hockey ops. I heard that, uh, I think Danny Briere was up for the, for the GM position. He's a guy that they might bring in cause you know, Frenchie. Um, but yeah, the Canadians, it has just been an absolute struggle for this team on the ice. Everything that kind of could go wrong has gone wrong. They're currently in the first to worst right now coming from, you know, winning the North division, getting to the Stanley cup final last year to now being in last in the Eastern conference. Um, it's been an absolute mess. Um, uh, Jeff Molson said that Dominic Ducharme's job is kind of safe right now, I believe. Was, he said he was safe, but, I mean, usually, you know, when GMs come in, they want to bring in their own guy. But, Nick, the writing was on the wall for Bergevin. Everybody kind of knew this was coming. It was just a matter of when. Yeah, I mean, when he's – I feel like I feel like he's been on the last year of his deal and people have been talking about it since the second – so for, like, the moment that he didn't get re- renewed, um, renewed for his contract after the Halle finished last season. So it's always just felt like a lame duck situation. But the thing that I find weird is like how aggressive they let him be, like despite not giving him a contract extension, right? Like all the trades that he's made, um, the aggressive draft picks, you know, and I just, I, I don't know. I just find it weird when ownership, like they know they're not going to hire somebody, but they continue to let them pull, and move so many pieces around. So it's just, I don't know. Um, as for Gordon, I think that's a great hire. I mean, whether or not you make him the president of hockey ops or just like the English speaking general manager, which I really think is going to end up happening. Yeah. Um, They'll just have somebody good. be like his French mouthpiece, like a guy like maybe like Danny Briere, like I brought up before. Something yeah, like that. But I mean, I, I think too, like if they really want to have this seriously taken where they have like a Gordon and Davidson situation, um, the guy that I would think they're going to hire would be Matthew Darsh, who's coming from the Tampa Bay organization. I mean, reading from between the lines from the GM's comments about how he wants to get back to drafting really well, developing better, not spending so much in free agency. Um, to me, like, who, what organization has drafted better and developed more talent than Tampa in the last like five, ten years, right? I so, mean, everybody's brought that up ad nauseum. So, yeah, it's, defi- yeah. it's definitely the lightning for sure. Yes. So, uh, to me, like, that's the guy that I would go with if that's really the route that they want to take. Um, and I think I think that would be probably the smartest decision for them going forward. I just think – I think Breer will definitely be a GM in the National Hockey League. I just don't know how soon that is. I mean, some of that might be up to Danny. Some of that might just be up to the fact that these owners just feel like he's just a little too raw right now. Though, though I think he will do a good job at it, just like Chris Jury. So, oh, I, I don't know. I mean, I wish they could get over this cultural thing where they feel like they need somebody to speak French. I understand the demographics of Montreal and Quebec as a whole in terms of French-speaking dominance, but for me, it's just like if a guy wins, I don't care if he speaks Chinese. I don't have to watch as long as they, as long as, as they win as a media member. As long as they win, that's all that matters. So. I don't know. I mean, again, another GM, though, he's going to have a lot of hard decisions to make. What are you doing with Carey Price and that contract? I mean, obviously, the Shea Weber whole situation, you know, I think that's I think that's been told at nauseum going yeah, around. Unfortunately. 
Um, and then you just have a lot of forwards up front that are kind of built in with these core that really aren't necessarily movable, right? Like, I don't think anybody's touching Mike Hoffman for four and a half million a year. No, no, they uh, sure aren't. That was a head scratcher. I don't think anybody's touching Juan for five and a half million a year. Um, are they going to be able to get a little bit of trade pieces for th- people like Ben Sherratt and maybe Brett Kulik? Yeah, but Alexander Romanov has had a really bad year, but he's up for RFA and a new contract next year. What does that number look like? I don't know. It's it's a tough situation, but I guess all of these are, and that's why the GMs in the in those previous spots get fired. But I don't know. I, I don't think I really really want any part of the situation right now. It was so much up in the air. Yeah, I mean, do you want to play? Do you want to pay Yoel Armia three and a half for the next four years? Nope. Nope. <laughs> sure. Don't. Um, yeah, that's not great. Um, but I mean, the the Canadians they always. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, I think Kulak and Sherratt, they're definitely out of there. I think they're definitely going to get moved at the deadline. Um, I know there's a lot more interest in Sherratt than there is um, in Kulak, at least from what I've heard. Um, but I think the Canadians, they got a lot of work to do, uh, starting with, like you said, the goaltender, Carey Price. Starting with him is what they have to decide what they're going to do. But that's another guy. I mean, who's going to want to take on that money? I mean, it's it's so much. There's so much money left, and it's ten and a half with five years left, four after this year. I mean, to pay a goalie that much money while in his like declining years. I mean, I don't want to do that. I know you probably don't want to do that. Um, it's not great. It's really not. Um, okay, moving on. It's been so negative. Did I miss any firings in the NHL? I don't think so. I think we got all of the heads that came on the chopping block. Well, there was almost an entire team that got fired by the city that they play in. I guess we should kind of go over that That's got to be a sports first, right? I, I mean, I have never heard anything like what happened with the Arizona Coyotes. The city of Glendale and the Gila River Arena, they were going to lock them out of the arena due to unpaid tax bills with the city of Glendale and the state of Arizona. Nick, I, I said this to you before we started. I, I just I don't get what the obsession with keeping the Coyotes in Arizona is for. Nobody goes. They suck. The city doesn't want them there. The city's kicking them out at the end of the season. The city that they play in is like, get out. We don't want you. And still Gary Bettman is driven and will not even entertain moving the Coyotes out of Arizona. Um, Apparently the Coyotes today, they settled all the bills per Craig Morgan. Um, All payments have been made. The Coyotes are current on all bills and tax liabilities. I think this is the funniest thing. In a statement late Wednesday, the Coyotes blamed an, and I quote, Unfortunate human error for the unpaid bills. That was going to be my call out. And pledged to settle the accounts Thursday. The team statement said, We deeply regret the inconvenience this caused. How funny is that? They're just like. I need to know what the human error is. Like, did someone forget to write the check? Did someone forget to put the check in an envelope? Like, did someone forget to drop the check off? Like, what? What? Did someone forget to stamp the check? I don't, or stamp the envelope. Like, what? What actually happens here? I mean, for me, I we get at my job, we get mail returned to us all the time. 
I mean, for the dumbest reasons. I mean, maybe it just got returned and nobody saw it. I mean, I can't believe I have to give an NHL professional franchise the benefit of the doubt for paying bills. But, you know, here we are. They, like, forgot their electric bill and the lights just got turned off in the middle of the game. Yeah, like, nobody paid their Wi-Fi, so nobody in the arena had Wi-Fi. Like, like Clayton Keller's on the bench and he's like, why is my iPad not working? I want to to watch what happened on the last play. Like, the, the Coyotes are, to put it lightly, a disaster. Everything that it's kind of like Montreal. Everything that I mean to a much lesser extent, but to everything that can go wrong will go wrong, and their city hates them. So I mean, it's like what at this point, like, uh, what's the point? I don't understand the point of having them there. All it does is cause everybody grief. The league, the team. I'm sure the players don't want to have to deal with this. They don't want to wake up tomorrow and be like, "Can we play in our arena? Can I get my stuff out of my locker?" If we yeah. can't play here anymore, like it's just, it seems like such a hassle. Not to mention the team is horrific. So it's just, it's, it's, it's bad. It, it's real bad. The, the Coyotes, they're not that guy, pal. Trust me. They are not that guy. Yeah. Like you said, like with the players, it's like when the press asks them, asks them about this, like, what are they supposed to say? Like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's not an indictment of our ownership that they forgot to send out a million dollar check. It's not an seat. indictment of our ownership, but it's <laughs> definitely an indictment on our ownership. Like, and, and then morons. this comes after, like, the rumors that they were trying to sell the team. And it's like, you guys have owned the team for two years. Like, the only person who's had shorter ownership was John Spann. We don't talk about that. <laughs> but I mean, am I right? Like who? You're 100 like, you right. Can't even afford to run this team for two years, and I get with the pandemic and everything. But again, like, how are you? No- you're taking over probably the least profitable team in the NHL. Like, why did you think this was going to be like a money cow for you to like just milk all day long? Yeah, it's it's a hockey team that plays in Arizona. I mean, it never made sense to even move there to begin with. It's Arizona. It's a desert. I don't know. I mean, the whole thing with the Coyotes is if you want to keep the team there, that's fine. But you got to do something. If the ownership isn't, they're not paying bills. I mean, you got to, you got to force them out. I mean, it's just incompetence to the, to the nth degree. You got to see if you can force these guys out because they are unfit to own an NHL franchise. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. If you can't pay bills on time for your building, I mean, it's, a, yeah. it's an embarrassment. And, like, Gary Bettman should be embarrassed. Yeah, and, and the way he's just, like, again, Gary being Gary. Like, he had a presser today, and someone asked him about the situation. He goes, no, it's fine. I'm not worried about it. It's like, do you, you, you have to be, like, a little bit worried about it. Like, like that's yeah. kind of your job. Gary, there's a potential games that are going to get canceled because the team gets locked out of the arena. I mean, Gare, what are we talking about here? I mean, something like, it's just, it's un, like, I got a text from um, one of my buddies today. He's like, yo, top pair, what's the deal with the Coyotes? Why can't they pay their bills? And I have no answer for him. Because why can't they pay their bills? I could pay my car bill, but that's not an NHL franchise's home arena. I mean, it's like, I feel like one is more important than the other. Like, if I don't have my car, I'll get by. If your hockey team isn't able to play in their arena because they lock, they physically lock the doors, you're losing thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So, Nick, I'll ask you this. Are you going to buy any gear for when this team moves to Houston? 
Uh, definitely, probably not Houston. Not a big Houston guy. Maybe Quebec City. I probably would if they moved back to Quebec City. Bring the Nordiques back? Yeah. I wouldn't hate that. I mean, but it's, I mean, let's not talk about relocation in case there are any, All if any of the 13 Coyotes fans are listening to the podcast, we don't want to upset them. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not their fault they can't afford the bill. They're the ones that are actually throwing money at this team. I know. That's what's sad about it. I, I wonder if it's any of the people who have been throwing jerseys on the ice. Have you noticed that? I've never seen. Can we s- stop with that? By I've the way. never seen so many jerseys get thrown on that, on the ice. That has turned into the ultimate. I'm just trying to go viral, and I want attention thing. So you, know you what could, I mean? so you could it's tell like, your buddies. There, your, there should be a rule that you have to be at least 40 games in before you're allowed to throw your jersey on the ice. Yeah, so they could tell their buddies at you know Kappa Delta douchebag that they threw <laughs> their jersey on the ice. Like you're real, you're cool, pal. Like we're we're proud of you. Like you know how like. NHL jerseys are like an arm and a leg, and you just threw it away. So, good. Good, pal. Good. All righty. Moving on from the law cow, that is the Arizona Coyotes. It's time, Nick, for my favorite segment of the podcast. Ovechkin Watch. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Alex Ovechkin's going to fuck around and win the Hart Trophy. 36-year-old Alexander Ovechkin in 20 games. He had, not 20 games, 26 games. 26 games? 26 games. He has 20 goals and 21 assists. That's 41 points for those, you know, keeping score at home. 41 points in 26 games. He's a plus 19. He scored his 750th goal, which just sounds like a fake number. And he is poised and primed and ready to break this scoring record. Yeah, I mean, barring injury, he's going to get into second place by next year probably, right? I mean, he's 51 away from Gordie Howe right now. So, I mean, the way he's going, I don't know what that pace is, but it's probably around a 55, 60 goal average. So, I mean, if he puts up his average numbers next year, he's, he's going he's to be number two all time. So... I don't know, it'll probably just take him another two years, a little over two years after that, to get uh, to get past the great one, obviously. I mean, dude, it, I can't believe it. Like, people were talking, I was really worried going into this year. And then he had, like, kind of the hot first, like, really good first week or first two weeks. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, how long can you ride this? And he just, he's kept riding it all year long. All he's doing and, is just scoring and scoring and scoring. He refuses to stop scoring. And I don't think he's going to yeah. apologize. I think he's just going to continue to do it. Yeah, and I just—it's it, honestly amazing to me because I don't even think—I don't even think Backstrom has played a game yet this year. And it's just—he just continues to score from his office, and now he's still continuing. You know, now he's getting into tipping pucks in front of the net, picking up garbage goals and stuff like that too. So I think if he can get like a couple of cheap, like three or four, uh, like empty netters and stuff this year, he's going to put himself in a real good looking position. To chase after this record. Nick Backstrom has not played a game yet this year. Okay. I mean, he's just he's just doing what he always does, and he's putting the the Washington Capitals on his back. Evgeny Kuznetsov having a resurgent year is really helping. He's got 28 points in 26 games, but you know, tomorrow night, nobody's doing anything. Seven o'clock, ESPN Plus Hockey Night, Caps and Penguins, always entertaining. Um, hopefully. You know, everybody has a life and they're watching it at like a bar or like their buddy's house or something. But hey, um, 
The game's on tomorrow night. If you have ESPN, if you don't have ESPN Plus, you're an idiot. Get it. It's 100% worth it. I watch a game every night. Um, totally worth it. Um, okay. All right. So I had a, I had a, like a question asked to me the other day that I wanted to get your thoughts on. Would you rather have Ovechkin's career or Crosby's career? Ovechkin's career since he got the puck, since he got the cup. I said the same thing because I asked the question, does this include the fact that I have to have Crosby's head injuries on my health bill? Because I don't want that when I'm like 70. Oh, that's a great point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think you take Ovechkin's career. And this is obviously not taking any any shred of anything no, I mean, away from Sidney Crosby. How many medals does Sid have in world championships, world junior championships? I mean, probably the greatest all-around player of his era, but I, I don't know. Like something about being – Potentially being the sport's all-time greatest goal scorer, like, to me, trumps a lot of team awards. And, and, and what it is, is that, did Zach Parise just score his first goal? No, it might have been Zarnik. Wow, sorry. Uh, Austin Zarnik, welcome to the NHL. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, I would take Ovechkin's career 10 times out of 10 because he finally got the Stanley Cup. And the fact that you're going to be passing Wayne Gretzky, I feel like obviously that's a big part of it because you're breaking one of Wayne Gretzky's records. I don't think you need to say anything more than that about having Ovechkin's career over Crosby. Not, and Crosby's going to end up with like 1,600 points. Yeah, and again, you know, every every actual thing that you could want, Conn, Smythe, uh, MVPs, you know, um, both of them have that. And then, you know, you talk about, like, the success that Crosby has had on the international level. Granted, he plays for Team Canada. Um, but it's Still. just, it's amazing, like, that you can have two guys in the same era that you can compare like this. Like, it truly is the closest thing I've ever seen to Gretzky versus Lemieux. Yeah, it's, I think it's the closest, it's definitely the closest thing we've seen so far. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how these, and these guys just, they don't really seem to be slowing down. And, I mean, aside from the start that Pittsburgh's had this year, and they've had a lot of injuries, granted they've had those, but, I mean, they're always near the top of their divisions. They're always in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, the run that these guys have had, and they're not even slowing down, like, a little bit. I love it. I love it, and it always gives us something to talk about. I love the Ovechkin watch. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, I wanted to talk about something else. And it actually happened in your barn. Um, I was I was one that was trying to warn you about this because I, I was watching this stuff on TV last night. Trevor Zegras. I mean, you got to have some balls to pull off what Trevor Zegras did for the Anaheim Ducks. He's behind the, the – granted, this kid is what, 19, 20? Um, this kid goes behind the net. And he settles down the puck like he's going to pull off the Michigan goal, the wraparound, the cross goal. He alley-oops the puck to Long Island's own Sonny Milano, and Sonny Milano dunks it. He taps it in with his stick out of the air. A goal for the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, I have never, ever seen anyone even, like, like how do you even come close to the thought of doing that? Just the confidence you have to have in your game. I, I saw a meme that, like, somebody showed that they did that in the promo video of, like, NHL 2006. Like, somebody tried it. Not that you could actually do it in the game. And I was just like, this motherfucker figure out how to do this from a video game? But, like, talking about this kid, like, 
going back to last year when they when they beat Canada at the World Juniors, I don't know if I've ever seen such a young superstar with so much confidence in Moxie in his game. Like he didn't come into the league being like, "All right, I'm just gonna sit behind Getzlav, kind of get the second line matchups, learn." He's just like, "All right, bro, like let's do this. Me versus them. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna make them look stupid, and I'm gonna prove that I'm the best in the world." And I I hope this kid makes Team USA. I think he deserves to have a shot, especially if Jack Eichel can't make it because the U.S. is going to be weak in that center position. Um, I, I think I think that he's just such a joy to watch. I mean, even though that goal was scored on the Sabres, I didn't even care because that was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I don't even know how you think of it. He said he learned how to do it. At, he said he tried it in practice a couple of times when he was playing for the development program. But to actually have the whereabouts to try that, in the game shows like this kid's just his confidence and his game are just at a different level than everybody else right yeah, now. Yeah, you you sent it to me on Twitter and I wrote back, you got to have some balls to even think to try that, especially at what is he 19? He's 20 he's like almost 21. Like and you know, he's having a fantastic season. I mean, he's got six goals, 16 assists. He's he's loving it. You know, he was just on a spit and chicklets uh Sandbagger Invitational. He played golf with Biz and Ryan Whitney. I mean, this guy is living the life right now. Um, I would love to see him on Team USA. Even as just like kind of a scratch, like just to be around the team, I think it would be nothing but good for him. And the Anaheim Ducks and their fans, looking at you, Matt Thomas, they they got to be ecstatic to have this kid on their team. Yeah, and Dallas Eakins, I think if they make it to the playoffs, will probably win Coach of the Year. I think he's done a great job with kind of pulling in that young core when they get a little ahead of themselves, but all in all, letting them run. And he even said, you know, I forget the exact quote that he had, but he said something about, you know, when you have a talent like that, you let it go. Like, you don't try to hold it back too much because that's when you run into problems and that's when a kid's growth is stunted. So uh, I'm all about the way the Ducks are playing right now. I think they have such a bright future ahead. I know with the Bob Murray situation that they still have a lot of holes to figure out, but their best – their their best times are really going to be now and into the future. Yeah, they're 14-8-5. They're still second place in the Pacific Division. They're two points behind Calgary. Um, the number one seed, uh, number two seed in the West now, Calgary Flames. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about the number one seed in the Western Conference right now. The absolute wagon known as the Minnesota Wild. I mean, it wasn't much very long ago when we were saying, who the hell wants to watch the Wild on a national game? If they were on TV, I was changing the channel. I think a lot of people were changing the channel if they were on TV. One guy comes in. Maybe not one guy, but one major guy comes in in Kirill Kaprizov and completely changes the perspective of an entire franchise. And he's got 30 points in 25 games. Guys like Ryan Hartman. Ryan Hartman has 13 goals. Marcus Foligno has 11 goals. I mean, Joel Eriksson Eck, 10 goals. Remember, everybody said how stupid they were for getting Kevin Fiala. He's got 15 points in 25 games. I mean, this team is so well... They're so well coached. They were put together extremely well by Billy Guerin. This team is an absolute force going through the first quarter of the season. Yeah, and I, I think the number one thing that's impressed me is that they have a built team that can play any style that you want. If you want to play the skill game, all right, we have Kaprizov, we have Dumba, 
Joel Erickson, to me, is probably the most underrated player in the NHL right now. He's getting it. And then they have, they have, all right, we'll play the heavyweight. We have Jordan Greenway. We have Marcus Foligno. Um, we have big guys in the back end that could, aren't afraid to just kind of grind it down with you. So I think for them, like, the biggest difference between this year and these past years has just been Cam Talbot, to me, is just playing at a different level this year. Oh, yeah. I think that's really helped. Um, and I think for them to continue that, obviously, he's going to have to keep playing at that level. I I think, though, like you said, like Dean Evanson, to me, is another coach who's really under the radar about the impact on his team. He he wants them to play compact, but then when they get the puck, they are go, go, go. And I, Kirill Kaprizov, obviously McDavid is, is obviously the best player in the league, but Kirill Kaprizov is just like he's the most unpredictable player in the league. Like he, I don't really know what type of deke he's going to try every time he gets the puck on his stick, and that's what makes him so fun. Yeah, he reminds me, his game, and I, I'm saying this because I obviously watch him a lot, him and Barzell remind me a lot of each other, but Kaprizov shoots the puck a hell of a lot more than Barzell. Because when Barzell gets the puck, you don't really know what he's going to do with it either, but Kaprizov I think is more dangerous because he looks to shoot. So I kind of see a lot of similarities in their games. Yeah, I don't I don't think Kaprizov is the same skater that Barzell is. Uh, I don't know but, how many people are, but I in like in the unpredictability aspect, I think that's yeah, kind of where just, they fit. I just think for me it's like I, I've never seen I've never seen like a winger like him try like three sixty deeks down the down the side. Like he's a mix of like a little bit of Patrick Kane's creativity with like Philip Forsberg's awareness, but then he shoots the puck like uh, like Phil Kessel almost sometimes like that's what his release reminds me of so it's just he's 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 a ridiculous player and I can't believe you know I mean he's a classic example of a guy who's been who spent extra time in Russia developing with a really good program um before coming over and if you're the wild you're like damn this dude was definitely worth the wait yeah so uh, I, I'm happy for them I'm always like you said like I never really care about watching Minnesota I never really wanted them to make the playoffs because to me it was like all right Great, this team's gonna lose in five or six games, and then you know that's it for their season. But I, I'm rooting for them because I'm rooting for Billy Garen. I think he's gonna be a great GM. Um, and obviously, I love watching the best players in the league and the most exciting players in the league, and they have a lot of those dudes. Well, you know why I root for Billy Garen, former Islanders, Islanders legend, former Islanders captain Billy Garen. Um, he was a captain, I think. Right, I think right I as Tavares got I didn't there. No, he was the captain. He was, yeah, right at the end. He was, and then they traded him to Pittsburgh, I think. Oh yeah, so he played with like Sid during the couple years, right? Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, and I also I'm gonna root for Billy Garen because he's now the GM of USA Hockey, so that matters a lot. Um, but yeah, the Wild, like I said, they're an absolute wagon. I did, I like forgot to bring up to you before we started that I wanted to talk about them, and I'm glad I remembered because they deserve to be talked about. Um, everybody was kind of shaking their head also. I forgot to bring him up at the Matt Zuccarello contract. He's been fantastic for them. He's been a great on the line with Kaprizov and, you know, he's another smart, just one of those guys who's always in the right place, always makes the right play. I think he's perfect to play with a guy like Kaprizov. Yeah, I, I, a hundred percent. Like you talk about like depth scoring, like if Matt Zuccarello is like your depth scorer, like you have a really yeah. good built game. <laughs> like you're doing just fine if Matt Zuccarello is like a good depth piece for you. Um, this is a guy who's had like 60 points, 70 point season. So shout out to him. Um, alrighty. So that is after talking about Minnesota, that is everything I had. 
Nikki, anything else you want to bring up before we wrap this baby up, put a bow on it? Because it is the holidays. I don't know if you knew. Oh, really? Is it the holiday season? Oh, the holiday season. The holiday season. No, I mean, just a couple of other things going around. I think uh, the Penguins sale was okayed by the NHL Board of Governors today. Uh, Jason Spetsig is appealing his six-game suspension for his hit on Josh Morrissey, I believe it was. So there's a lot of hatred between Jets and Toronto Maple Leafs. I think it's awesome. Yeah, we got to talk about I wish that. I playoff again. If I was Jason Spezza, I wouldn't be appealing that because I think he should have gotten more. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I mean, it he lowered his knee into the guy. Like it was it in slow motion is not doing him justice. Like yeah. he should have gotten at like ten. Oh, and Brendan Lemieux got suspended for biting. Well, I hope he gets a chew toy for Christmas. Maybe that'll... A teething <laughs> ring. Um, yeah. Yeah, God. I'm surprised Brady Kachuk didn't kill him after he got bit. Um, all right. So, again, keep following us along. We're going to be, you know, tweeting along, of course. You know, I'm going to be tweeting from my account. I'll retweet stuff from the Top Hair account. I usually leave that to all St. Nicholas. Um, Nikki, anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Nope, I think that's everything on our end. Just keep following us along. Content's going to keep coming. We'll break down more of the rivalries and the happenings around the NHL next week. We sure will. I'm Eric. He's Nick. We're your top pair. See you later.